When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Red Men TV. It is the Red Men Weekly Podcast. I'm Steve Hall, bringing you the best clips from our Red Men Plus content from the past week. And we've got some absolute belters for you. I say it every week. If you want these shows in full, redmenplus.com is the place to go. You can get these shows in video and in podcast forms. And now that we're in December, we want to let you know about our Legends prize draws. Every day between December 1st and December 25th, we are doing a prize draw for any of our Legend tier subscribers. So if you want to go involved, listen to these shows in full, watch them and be in with a chance of winning some amazing, amazing signed Liverpool memorabilia. We've got stuff signed by Carragher, Lucas, Dirk Cow, we've got Chris Kirk and we've got Ibu Kanate signed shirt that we're going to give away on Christmas Day as well. So get yourselves involved, redmenplus.com, sign up as a legend. Even if you pay the $9.99 just once, pay for one month, you will get in 25 prize draws as well as getting access to all our amazing content, including some of our specials that are coming out over Christmas as well. So yeah, we've got you covered, so go and check them all out. I mentioned our great content, the first of which this week was the Biased Football Podcast. It was Paul, it was Chris, it was Chloe, and it was special guest Keo in having a big old chat about the world of football because, quite frankly... It's quite funny laughing at other teams. Tottenham Villa. Um, I've described it as an offside horrific game. Um, I I wonder whether because this is this is two teams who are going to be fighting who will be fighting out for that fourth place so far. Because I think everyone was making a big deal about Tottenham early on in the season, and rightly so. They were playing good football. They're absolutely buzzing. They're having a good time with it. Um, Likeable manager, all that kind of all that kind of stuff. And then you've got Villa kind of ticking along. Villa are doing this with European football mm. so as much as we're by kind of praising Tottenham they're playing one game a week and so that realistically what they've got it shouldn't be a great shock that they're starting the season okay but the fact that Villa are getting what they're getting but also managing to be competitive two, two well, and again we talk about like turning points in the season and stuff like Villa's away form has been shocking so for them to go and get a result against Tottenham away from home and actually you know put a marker down gives them that belief to maybe kick on and stuff like that like they're a good side and I think they've got the third best manager in the league see here's an interesting conversation because we were talking about Arteta before this show Keo yeah and I've had this for a while. Whenever a new manager comes into the league, it goes back to um, 
Ten Hag and like Man United are buying, a, are buying a new manager and at best he's only ever going to be the third best manager in the league but there is this was like who is that who is the third best manager yeah. I think logic would say it's probably Arteta why logic looks at trophies no no, 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 exa- <laughs> no but I, I, yeah exactly but this is why I think it's an interesting point that you even mentioned that because you've got him and then we mentioned Pochettino as well in, in that conversation like yeah. But Unai Emery might be the third best manager in the league. So why are we shocked that Aston Villa are doing so well? I don't think I don't think anyone is shocked anymore that Villa are doing. It's a great well. question, though. Who is the third best manager in the league? And <coughs> I've not thought about it before, so it'll probably take about twenty minutes to come to a conclusion. But <laughs> I mean, you're right. Currency's trophies, isn't it? And great managers win trophies. Um, Emery has got a, a record of that. I, I say, following what we were saying off, off air before, I think he was really, really poorly treated at Arsenal. I think, I think yeah. it was a product of whoever came in after Wenger was going to struggle. Mm-hmm. And we, we've seen that with teams over the years. We've seen it United, we've seen it Liverpool, we've seen it, we've seen it everywhere. So I think he was a little bit harsh and I think he got the pistol at him a little bit because of his... You know, the, the casual com- race, yeah. racism about how he talks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it wasn't pissed at him. You're right, but he's gone to Villa and he's <coughs> putting a side together. Like I, I don't want to play Villa. Do you want to play Villa at the minute? No, no. I'm very I'm glad not. we've played them. Yeah, very, exactly. very glad. Do you know what I mean? So, so I probably the way things are going lean towards that. I do like the Tottenham manager. I do like him. Um, he was a profession when he came in. They looked good at the start. I mean, I know we said some things after the Liverpool game and contradict themselves a couple of weeks later, but I'd expect our manager to do that. I wouldn't yeah. expect our manager to come out after we've just won a last-minute winner and we shouldn't have mm. and say, you know, that wasn't right. So that's all by the by. So, yeah, I'd probably lean towards Emery, but do like the Tottenham manager, but we're going to have to see him at a top level for a little bit longer because obviously the, the countries he's managed in, the teams he's managed haven't competed in Europe. Unai Emery is just incredible as a manager. He's such a lovable character as well. Like, he's one of the managers that I sit there and I'm like, I actually think he's boss. Like, I've got nothing against him. He's he's pleasant. And you know what? I haven't actually seen him go over the top with reactions or anything. But when uh, Aston Villa got that equaliser, he was there. You saw the emotion and you saw maybe, you know, the away record, even though they're doing so well. And thinking to himself, if we could just get a couple more points away from him, my God, we could literally be sat top of the table. And I think you saw the emotion come out after they got back in the game and he's creating a fortress at Villa Park it's already a great atmosphere but with the with him as the manager and the way they play it's exciting football it's not shit football this is incredible football he's got and bought great players Diaby un- unbelievable footballer he's making Ollie Watkins a, re- a real good number nine and not just against McGinn's great Luca Dean he's, he's made him a lot better uh, he's got Martinez, Matty Cash playing sound. So you've got to give him credit. And I, I think he's a brilliant manager. I think he's the third best manager. I think Arteta still needs to prove himself, but I think he's a good manager. Um, and it's it's hard not to like him either, to, to be honest. Like, I just like the him. The thing is as well, like, you know, I think sometimes you can get carried away, can't you, when you when you think about what the teams have done in other leagues, managers have done in other leagues. Like he's he's a, like I think at the time everyone thought Gerard was going to succeed at Villa, especially after the start. Maybe he took a very very poor Gerard side and has turned them into something where the contrast is massive. Isn't it's, it? it's huge, and that's the that, that's the di- difference, isn't it, between a good manager and an average manager or whatever yeah. that you can do. That I mean, you go into this league season and you're thinking Chelsea are going to be back, 
Tottenham are going to be up there because Posta Coglu is a good manager. Manchester United, another season under Ten Hag, should be ahead of Aston Villa. Liverpool should be ahead of Aston Villa. Arsenal should be ahead of Aston Villa. Man City should be ahead of Aston Villa. Newcastle should be ahead of Aston Villa. I mean, th- these are all team. Brighton should be ahead of Aston Villa. I mean, yeah. he's, he's doing a brilliant job and he's got to do it for the whole season, of course. But we do look at it game week by game week, don't we? So you can only take it on what's been played so far. And if you're a Villa fan right now, how good would that feel to be, yeah. you know, playing good football with a good manager? Because we've all, been, everyone says it. Villa's a, a good club with a good ground and good history and all this stuff. It must feel good in there at the minute, mustn't mm. it? Also, they've got a chance of winning that Conference League. He's literally got a chance of bringing them silverware yeah, in might, Europe. They might be the favourite because yeah, of him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his European experience. No, but I come back, come back to this a lot. You know, this is where the football's moved on, and you know, it's gone to the days of like. Uh, get 11 lads out on the pitch and tell them to work hard and pass the ball around and go enjoy yourselves or go and work hard work harder than the, the other team we, you know we've, we've spent plenty of time with like Roy Evans and it's mad to talk to him you know I've been lucky enough to talk to a number of Liverpool managers over the years talking to Jürgen Klopp about football is well different to talking to Roy Evans about football they just think about it completely differently and that's because football's kind, kind of moved on you need to have a good manager to be a successful team now you do you need to have a manager who's got something because if you've got boss players everyone's got boss players now every team's got players who can score goals and, and beat systems, yeah. you know the, the, this is it you know Premier League is quite yeah. people think oh is it, is it a lower another level I just think it's a general raising level it's a very competitive league and you see it in the, in the dugouts they can be the difference a manager who knows how to react and knows how to conduct himself knows how to ingratiate himself with the fans and all that kind of stuff they're really really important things and I look at those other guys who are outside of Guardiola and Klopp and yeah it's I mean Arteta will I think there's probably a lot of Arsenal fans who would take umbrage with us not automatically saying he's the third at least the third best manager in the league just a wish Guardiola I've said it before and I'll say it again mate (laughs) he's never going to be better than Guardiola he's just always going to be worse than Guardiola for me it was the I didn't watch the whole documentary the um, all or nothing Arsenal one but there's a a scene where he wheels out two speakers and he starts playing you never walk alone on the training pitch and I, when I seen that one I was shocked and two if I was a player there I'd be thinking you cheeky bastard do you think I can handle this yeah have you really got to go to this guy <laughs> instead of talking about shape and tactics and how we beat this Liverpool team you're playing you never walk alone on two speakers Fuck and saying this is Anfield this is Anfield it's not it's an Arsenal training pitch and you're embarrassing <laughs> me and yourself <laughs> do you know what I mean and that's the that's the Difference between elite no, managers. Could you imagine Gu- the white scarf singing? You'll never walk alone. Like, <laughs> it in the faces. This is what I'd be like. This is what I'd be like. <laughs> exactly. So it, for me, that's there's a gulf between the Guardiola's and Klopp's, and then the next category, and that's that's the difference. I I think the silverware thing, just to go back to it, is is important because pedigree. And actually, I think it, it shows a, it shows that you've got an ability to deliver based on past performance. Now, it's interesting because Arteta. He's only managed Arsenal, so it's not like he can have that back catalogue of hits. He can't. He's not got five years like Ange Postecoglou, who's played in all kinds of mad leagues, or you know, and mm. and and has racked up silverware, rightly so. I remember seeing Flav making this point about how, like, you know, it's 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 comparable because if you if you've been the top, you managed the top team in your league, then you've managed the top team in your league. It doesn't matter if then Man City are better than that team. You can only manage within the levels that you've that you've worked at. So success is success, and that's a useful, that's a transferable skill because pressure exists at every at every sort of level. Um, but Arteta, it's hard. It's just genuinely hard to judge where he's at. He's won an FA Cup and a, and a charity shield. Maybe two FA Cups. 
Um, maybe. Um, let me have a quick double check. But either way, it's not. It's not a hard. Uh, no, he's won one. He won the FA Cup in nineteen twenty. Um, he won the, he's won two. Trophy, he's won two Community Shields, uh, twenty oh, and twenty-three. And that is... He's doing a good job, by the way. I'm not yeah. sitting here oh, saying yeah, he's, he's a shit manager. manager. I think he's a really good manager. And, you know, I, I, yeah, it's, it's said with a bit of a sarcasm, isn't it, about the, the wish Guardiola and stuff like that. But I, the point stands, I don't think he's ever going to be better than Guardiola. Yeah. I don't think he's going to make a team that's better than Guardiola's team. And certainly not with the resources that Guardiola's got available to him yeah. as well. If you're trying to copy what Guardiola, Guardiola's that's doing, it. using his playbook with less money and less experience and Manchester City players the Pep's team not good enough in your squad then it's a it's a genuine shock if you're able to yeah. I, I feel still looks love drunk when he looks at him in the eyes doesn't he, <laughs> yeah, Do you he know does. what I mean it's like you're not going to beat a man who you like you, you love that much yeah yeah, it's true. Uh, but just on in terms of what other managers have won, you know, Unai Emery as a manager has won the Europa League three times, as we well know. He won Ligue 1, he's won two French Cups. I thought uh, it was four. He's two, won, I thought he won three with Sevilla and one with Real. Two League Cups. Um, he's won the, the Trophée des Champions twice. Um, he was the runner-up at the Europa League with Arsenal as well. Oh, sorry, that was sorry. That's how I, that was with Sevilla, you're right. Um, then I'm, I'm going. Sorry, I'm going club by club. Villarreal, then he won it with with them as well. So yeah, sorry, I apologise. You're right. He's got four Europa leagues. Then you go to Mauricio Pochettino, who was <laughs> football league cup runner up in 2014-15, Champions League runner up in 2018-19. He won one league and with Paris Saint Germain. He won the cup with them and he won the the trophy, the champion with there with them. Michael Arteta, we've mentioned him already. And Postecoglou, I haven't got enough time on the podcast to list all the mad silverware that he's won. Australian, yeah, the OFC Australia under twenties yeah. <laughs> championship, brilliant. Well done, mate. Um, he won the Scottish Premiership twice, Scottish Cup, Scottish League Cup twice as well in that time. And one manager we've literally basically not mentioned other than in passing is Eric Ten Hag, um, who won three uh, Eredivisies with Ajax, mm-hmm. um, the Dutch Cup twice, the Johan Cruyff Shield once. He won the Regional Liga uh, with Bayern Munich two in 2013-14. Did, he, Did yeah. you know? Won the League Cup with Manchester United, by the way. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of managers who've won silverware. So we settled, though, in I Emery, do you yeah. think? Yeah, and you know what's mad when you when you look at that? The start of the season there, or, or or last season, if you'd have said Emery or Pochettino, Pochettino would have been put above him, wouldn't yeah. he? Because the way he was treated and because the way it went for him. Yeah. But that record there and them trophies is... Yeah, I'm going with him. He's done more than Pochettino's done, and no one thinks about the fact that Unai Emery was PSG manager, I, which is funny. You know? I reckon I'd have still said Unai Emery last year just because of how crap Pochettino was at PSG. Yeah, it's because, it, like, seriously, you did basically have what Manchester City have. You had an endless amount of money to spend. You had the world's superstar right now in Kylian Mbappe. You also had Neymar. I don't know what he does, actually, to be perfectly honest. He... he Tore Scores apart, lots of goals. Does... It's a surprising amount of goals. Yes, um, you also had Lionel Messi, the world's greatest to to ever play for me, and he just he didn't know how to control them all. He wasn't a, a good manager in that sense. His tactics might have been great, but he underperformed in pretty much everything. It was probably lucky that he actually won the French league because at one point they were doing horrific. Um, so you know, I actually think that really damaged Pochettino's not like not career because he's still a top manager. But if you, if you're not 
wiping the floor in the French league, there's something not well, it because it helped him a bit because he can at least point back and go, I've won, I've actually won some trophies yeah. now. So actually, mm. it was a thing that was missing from his CV. But no one looks at it and goes, he made an absolute stellar success yeah. of the and PSG. And it's happening job. again. It's happening again yeah. right now. He's in the same situation yeah. as City. Got all the money in the world. Any player you want, and he's sitting tenth in the league. So with Nicholas Jackson I, I, up front. To answer Keir's question, I would have gone Pochettino, you know. And I think it's more to do with the fact that it's the style of play. You're always sort of, I think you're drawn, aren't you, to people who want to play with the, with mm. the ball and, and dominate possession. Whereas it's harder to go, yeah, I really want him in charge who's going to sit back and hit you on the counter-attack. Because I don't think you'd want that, would you? Atletico Madrid's manager, he might be the best manager in the world for what he's achieved with the resources against Madrid and against Barcelona. But it's the style of football, you think, fucking hell, I'd never pick him. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting, really is interesting. Yeah, yeah, apropos of nothing, there you go, I didn't expect us to dive into that. Let's just quickly <laughs> jump back to a wonderful start off Tottenham Hotspur. They're the first teams who have ever won their first 10 games and lost the next three, yeah. um, which is just wonderful. I saw that on Manager Manager today too. Yeah, wonderfully, <laughs> wonderfully yeah, Spurs. <laughs> Classic Spurs. I just love the idea of that it's like, yeah, you know, just having a, having a good time with it, though, aren't they? like even speaking to Flav obviously he's, he's a Spurs fan and does the fighting cock podcast and stuff he's just happy that they're playing good football and you know after you go through fucking defensive managers <laughs> and shit like that <laughs> I think there's a there's a core of Spurs fans certainly Flav is he's very like we are as Liverpool fans who just wants to go and like they want to win things of course but the He's accepting that you can't win every trophy all of the time. It's because you are up against fucking better clubs. Yeah, yeah. The, from the outside looking in with Tottenham, what annoys me the most is they seem to be changing the belief system in there. Now, they've always had that we're Tottenham and we're probably going to collapse here. But And although they have won 10 games and collapsed, like they do seem to be a little bit more optimistic. They're, they're feeling around the place and it probably helps with the result that happens against those. And you can see them after it, they're all partying in the seats and their tunes were on. And I thought, that's not like Tottenham now. Do you know mm. what I mean? So they have changed a little bit, but you've got to have to get back to winning ways because to win 10 games and lose three on the bounce, that's just Tottenham all it over. It reminds me when Everton were top after like five games. Oh, September. Or, you know, they, they, won, like, they won all them games at the, start, the first three or Carl four. Carlo yeah. yeah. Well, even like, they even did it with Rafford as well. Like, literally, they're in, yeah. they're, like, they're fucking laughing. Oh, this is it. You know, like, yeah, kind of do, spit it to the blues or whatever the fuck it was and they're all like, oh, this is great. And then just, just relax a bit, lads. But yeah. the Tottenham thing, it's just like, I think I'm with Keo there. I, 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 I am a little bit annoyed because... I think they've got their Klopp. I think that's what he is. They wouldn't swap him for anyone now, no, would they? Yeah. Because they just get they just they just tapped into him, aren't they? They yeah. just yeah. know. And I think when you get a manager who's really good and is completely in keeping with who you are as a fan base, boss things can happen. Yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Thanks to Paul, Chris, Chloe and Keo for that one. Keo was in, of course, because we were just announced that he will be joining us on our live tour. Yeah, we're going to Dublin and we're going to Belfast in March. Tickets are available now. We're going to do our usual shenanigans on stage. But then it's Keo who's been on fan park stages. He's done the boss night stuff. He's been at Liverpool kit launches. He'll be on stage with us too. So yeah, if you're in the island of Ireland and want to come and check that out, whether you're in the Dublin area up in the north in Belfast as well come and check us out it's going to be an absolute belter right then moving on it's Jano Insight Time delighted to be joined by Neil Jones this week and yet we had a chat Liverpool have been linked with a move for Aston Villa's Douglas Louise which seems a little bit far-fetched is it far-fetched? well I asked Neil Jones just that let's move on then to a couple well one transfer story that raised and it's, it's a player who's been in in, uh, in the spotlight a while right Douglas Louise has been linked to in a couple of reports to Liverpool the, my first suggestion was like Aston Villa would be absolutely bananas to sell anybody in January considering the season they're having as well but it's another defensive midfielder it feels like we're getting linked to every single defensive midfielder mm-hmm. around. since the Andre stuff seems to cool down Neil it is another one that's come on the um, on the press it, it, again it doesn't feel like too much but he's a really good player and you can see yeah. why everyone's going to be wanting after him but yeah I don't, the, think he's a, I don't think he's a defensive midfielder to start with I think he's yeah. a, he's, a, he's just box the box now he's yeah. a really good footballer isn't yeah. he yeah. the two of them him and um, Camera. I like John McGinn as well. I, mean, I, still yeah, think, yeah, I, I John, think John McGinn's brilliant. John McGinn's a good player as well. Absolutely, <laughs> Villa are a good side, aren't they? At the yeah. moment, flying. Um, he was one that he was linked, obviously, the back end of the um, of last season, the back end of the, the summer window last season. You know, he, he was talked about, and I, I remember speaking to someone at Villa, and they were like, "Absolutely no chance we're selling him." Um, certainly not late in the window, but at any point, he's obviously someone who I think is. Boosting his reputation big time at the moment, he's been in great form. You know, he plays. I think he plays a lot of games as well. I think that's another another feather in his cap. You know, I think he he doesn't miss many. Um, but as like you say, I think I think it'd be a difficult one to get him out of Villa. Certainly mid season, maybe maybe next summer if if they were to to sort of really go down that route. But what what would he be age wise? Twenty six. 26, 27 um, Yeah, he's, he, he turns twenty six in May. So yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Maybe just on the sort of cusp of of being the right the right kind of age, but yeah, I, I I'd be surprised if Liverpool were sort of going to put all the all the money in that. I think it would cost them an absolute fortune to get them out of Villa. There's a few there's a few of Villa that you'd you'd sort of say are in that that position. You know, Jacob Ramsey, um, obviously, um, Luis Camara, McGinn, Watkins. You know, they've got some yeah, Diaby. You know, they've got they've got a lot of assets there, but they don't they're not in a position where they're needing to sell players and com- comply. They're actually in a position where they're building, aren't they? So yeah, I think I think Douglas Louise is probably one that's going to be 
staying at Villa. Yeah, the report for 90 minutes says Arsenal obviously tied to Bayern in 2022. Yeah. They continue to want in Manchester City and, and knocking around as well. I mean, he came through the city, didn't he? Sorry, he, he, yeah, was, after, he, he was previously city, at City. Yeah, go, go yeah, back yeah. to City because yeah, it, it. Like I say, I can see the I can see the links because I think he's brilliant. But that January especially feels like a, a non-starter for that one. Yeah. Looking look on January, we, we, we spoke about it briefly a couple of weeks ago, but we are getting closer, obviously, to, to the window opening. Is there anything in the squad that you think you know, Liverpool could really absolutely do with? Because, I, listen, Liverpool have got loads of midfielders. They might not have a, an actual number six, like a, a specific one, so if they want to do that, potentially. But it, huge, I remember going into last January, and I'll be honest, I thought it might have been a defender. They ended up going to San Cody Gapo. Sorry, <laughs> I thought it might be a midfielder, Field, yeah. and they went to the end of San Cody Gapo, so who knows? Yeah. But... I don't know, it, it, it doesn't feel like this January's one where we're, we're sitting here going, they are absolutely desperate for X, Y and Z. We'd all like, I think we'd all like yeah. them at, at number six, but it doesn't feel like Liverpool are going to be rushing into the market to do something. No, not, not rushing. I mean, there's, there's six weeks or five weeks to go, which, or four weeks to go, which um, things can happen that can really influence you. Every you think it, yeah, <laughs> or every, you know, as I say, you're looking at Jota, you know, you could more follow your attack all of, all of yeah. a sudden looks light and you think, oh God, we're in trouble. Um, but the position they've put themselves in means they can be a bit more, I think, a bit more relaxed about it. And what, they've, what they have done with Gakpo and with Diaz in the past is they've, well, and Van Dijk in a different way, they've either corrected the mistake or they've they've brought forward a, a plan, you know, yeah. from, from the summer. I think they're in that position now where it's like, okay, well, if if the defender or the the number six or the left back that we feel is the one that we want long term, and all of a sudden that there's a chance to get them in January, when we can maybe do that as opposed to solving solving an, a, 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 an immediate problem um, by you know going and getting a, a Rosanka back or a, you know a Ben Davis or a Stephen Corker. Fingers crossed, they're not in that position. They've obviously. January's not the toughest month in terms of schedule. Obviously, they've got the big issue of Salah and Afcon around that time, but it's not. Obviously, there's the FA Cup. Maybe there's a League Cup. Two League Cup games. Cause yeah, possibly. <laughs> I mean, fingers crossed there are. But it's not the it's not the worst sort of schedule where you're looking and saying, "Oh God, like we could be in real, real sort of difficulty." You know, squad wise, there. Um, I think Liverpool are. At this moment, able to be a bit more picky and choosy in terms of what the, what they want, and I think that might explain why the Andre links have sort of, you know, or the Andre sort of situation has moved away. The desperation to get someone like that isn't isn't as great, um, and if it is, or if they are going to do that, they may be able to. Bad way of putting it, but set the sights a bit higher and say, actually, no, we want someone who we think is actually top top level, as opposed to you know. A, a potential option, um, yeah. So I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule anything out in January at all. But I think it might be more like the Diaz kind of signing or the the Gakpo, where it's it's actually something that they were going to do in the summer, or they they they, they were planning to do at a later date, brought forward as opposed to right. You know, we need to go and fix fix a hole. Yeah, I suppose as well. What you can do in January, you can assess where you are. If they are right in the middle of a league title challenge, yeah. you go, you know what? It's worth pushing the button. And, on and exactly, and I think that I think Diaz <laughs> is probably the better example of this. That you know, it wasn't it wasn't a, an absolutely necessary sign at the time. They had they had Minamino, Origi, Firmino, Mane, Salah, Jota. You know, it, they didn't need another forward necessarily. But what it did do, it gave it gave an impetus and it gave a freshness and it sort of it. it, it 
up the game of a few few players. You know, Mane in particular, I think, yep. stepped up in that period. Um, and it can sort of just give you an extra bit of oomph. In Diaz the scored in a Champions League semi-final. Well, Diaz was man of the match in in both domestic cup finals for Liverpool. You know, he yeah. he, he, was, he he started three, he started three finals after joining. You know, he was on the pitch sort of. You know, he needs him in Villa, right? All they were getting battered. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so you know, it can it can work in that way where it's not necessarily the the signing that's absolutely vital to make because you know your, your squad's in so much disarray, but it can just give you something that you you didn't even know you you were missing almost. Yeah. You know, I think what was the line from Pepland? There's water in the desert. Um, yeah, maybe there's someone who can provide something similar in the second half of this season. And if Liverpool are in a position where they're in the League Cup semi-final, they're through in the Europa League, they're in the middle of a title race, the more the merrier in terms of quality players, absolutely. Thanks very much to Neil for that one, yeah, Douglas Rees. I, I think he's a great player, I'm not sure Liverpool will get him. Are they going to do any business in January? I'm sure we'll find out in the coming weeks. If not, well, about two months time, we'll know for sure, won't we? Because January will be over and then we'll know who Liverpool have or have not signed. Right then, finally this week, the final word show. It was me again. I was delighted to be joined by Abby Rookin and John Reid to have a little chat for the final word show about Liverpool's win over Lask and what it means for the Reds in the long haul. And of course, we had to chat about Liverpool's Egyptian king. We chatted about Mo Salah and this is what we had to say about Liverpool's Egyptian king. Let's finish speaking about the attackers then because the other goal, of course, John, comes from Mo Salah. He also assisted, uh, it's worth mentioning, the, uh, the the second goal as well. With the, it was his cross, wasn't it, to Diaz? He's inevitable. He is like, that's 199 goals for Liverpool now for Mo Salah. He, at the weekend, he'll be playing his 300... Start, he'll be making his 300th start when he does 100% start against Fulham. He captained Liverpool, 199 goals. Another goal, his penalty take, it was a great penalty. Like It seems like his penalty taking is getting better. We waxed lyrical about Mo Salah all the time, but I thought in that game, and we saw this against Lask when he came off the bench in the, in the return fixture, he's just miles better than them. He's a Champions League level footballer playing against with all due respect the worst team I think in our Europa League group he should look this good but and he, but he did like he, he, he looked a level above them at all times he's just dominant isn't he I mean you run out of sort of ways to describe him and things that he does and um, I'm liking that it's becoming a bit of a meme it, it was about sort of two or three years ago you know the sort of thing of uh, you know the last person who broke this record was Salah Salah's mm-hmm. the person then but it's become a bit of a thing again that like he, he only Mo Salah yeah, yeah only Mo Salah he, he breaks a record every week at the minute breaking his own records that's, that's the thing and it's like I just I, I keep saying to people who like, and I feel weird because I'm, I'm I like to think I'm not that old, but I keep saying to people who are younger than me, like appreciate it because it's like you know he is genuinely one of the best, the best players in the world. Like not not, not just like you know I don't, I don't I think at this stage we're well beyond the debate that he's he's in the top three. If you know what I mean, um, and like just enjoy it because you're not going to get to see it forever. And we've had it with other players maybe in the past, like Suarez briefly and stuff, where we've had players like that. But um, he was just phenomenal, and I just I, what I love about him is it's just no nonsense. Like I, I never watch him. There's never a game where I watch him where I just think he's giving anything less than hundred percent and where you see him play maybe less than you know 8 out of 10 kind of thing he's just always on it and you know obviously we were talking about Diaz then saying how, how bright he was so was Salah you know he, he was all yeah, over and so much of our play in those first two goals came from him down the right side and the stuff he was doing and you could see as well not that you couldn't with other players necessarily but particularly with him they were terrified of him 
they just kept mm. backing on. The second he got the ball, they were like, right, we all dropped back 10 yards and just like, let, let's just try and contain him. You know I, think I, mean? it, I think they realised after that like, he ran rings around them for half an hour or something at their place. It is mad that because he's fifth now, obviously he stays fifth on the all-time list. But like, I was thinking about this the other day, people of our era maybe, I remember you guys won't, I remember the end of Ian Rush's Liverpool career for a little bit like in the, in the mid-90s before he left. But if you look at Liverpool's top five, it's Roger Hunt after it's Rush, Hunt, Hodgson, Little. You know, none of, none of us will remember. There might be a couple of people alive who might have seen a little bit of a, a little bit of more so of Ian Rush, probably. But like, this most Salah is like we're living in the middle of like an all-time Liverpool great. We got to see Steven Gerrard. We got a little bit of some of them. But in terms, of like if you look at the list, Gerrard, Fowler, Daglish, that's the, that's who's just below him. It, we are in the middle of history here, yeah. and he's going to score his two hundredth goal, and he's probably going to get it on Sunday. That's what's going to probably happen here, and it's re- he is just remarkable. And I think it was I think it was fitting that he was the captain because he could in the past Jürgen's give it to Gomez as he's gone like longest serving player Gomez whatever Salah walks out captain's armband he is just magnificent yeah he's phenomenal and I honestly think sometimes people underappreciate how good he is like when you think about in the summer when like the Saudi clubs were offering like two hundred million for him <laughs> like he's thirty one was trending do you remember like people saying you've got to cash in that type of money he's irreplaceable who do you replace him with there's no one that plays down that side that that's on par or anywhere near or I mean I'm sure Klopp as a manager he can he, he moulds these players into what they are but Mo Salah as he is right now no matter what his age is we've got I think he could play at, at this form another few years for Easy. Liverpool that's that, that that's the sad thing though is like you're looking to the transfer windows and you're thinking like please don't go like what you give to us is so much more than anyone else it's irreplaceable and I know like you've got the likes of Harvey you can play there like I prefer him in midfield but the balls he's been fredding up to Salah in these games have been brilliant and he is irreplaceable his stats are amazing the amount of times he's like been an unused subs only about three times <coughs> the amount of games he's had his injury records dead low he touched wood knowing me I'll jinx it but you know he probably will score that goal against Fulham I'm yeah. captain and I'm in my fantasy foot he wants it you know when he wants it Absolutely. you know he's gonna go for it that's 19 games he's played this season John 13 goals, six assists. Doesn't take a genius to work out how many goals and assists. You know, he's averaging <laughs> a, a massive contribution every single time he steps on the footy pitch, pretty much. And he has, I'll be honest, there was a little spell there, but Liverpool had a bit of a dip, and so did Salah. But he is a joke. And I, I thought sometimes Liverpool have been dragged down to the opposition's level. We saw that at Luton, for example. Liverpool got dragged into a game they didn't want to be. It felt like against last Salah, I was like, nah. Just not having that. Like, <laughs> every time the ball went anywhere near him, his touch is just amazing. You mentioned they were terrified of him. There was space everywhere because he didn't know what to do. That is what you want your best player to do. Just go and dominate the game. He probably didn't even, he probably wasn't even playing 100%. There was more to give. If he really wanted to, he probably could have upped it. It, it felt like Jürgen said, look after yourself a little bit. You know, you've got, a, mm. got a, lot of, a lot of games to play this season. He was just, he was unbelievable. Like I say, the penalty itself, he had a little blip there with the pens. Then he already got his mm. pen wrong. He's changed the technique. I mean, the goalie doesn't even move. I don't think it, I think he needs to bother because it was an absolute. It, that's a couple now on the run where he's absolutely buried these pens. I mean, it was freezing, so I don't blame the goalie in that sense. But just yeah, just going on that floor. We all know where this is going. Yeah. Nah, now, you know, you, you know, it was maybe the one sort of thing you could put against them is that you know um, there was a couple of pen, there was a, re, a run where he took a couple of pens and he kept missing, or the or they were they were saved. Where you were sort of at the time thinking, just give it to Miller. Like we, we at the time, we need we need the goal. We need the even this season, mate, there was talk of McAllister and Sabosla, both really good 
penalty take. It's the end of last season. He gets the one with, and it was like he missed against Bournemouth. Remember in the free one, he, I think he got the rebound. Mm. And it was like ooh, a little bit then. Since then, he's got Darwin scored in last again. By the way, good penalty. Since then, Salah scored against West Ham. He scored against Brighton. He scored against Everton, and he scored against Lask again. It feels like he's put that little blip to bed because he did miss against Bournemouth away, Arsenal at home, and then Bournemouth. He, I mean, Grant, he scored the rebound, but it was, it was becoming a talking point. It feels like he's put that to bed now. He scored his last what? He scored his last four all rather emphatically as well. Oh yeah, and and, and like consistently done it as well. You know, they're all, they're all recent games. You know, it's not as if he's done it over like a nine, ten month period kind of thing. So it's good. And it, you know, what I like, and Abby sort of touched on it in terms of the consistency with him. Obviously, he's he's never touch wood, he's never injured. But um, I, I like that he brings that. I, I feel very much as if he's set, as if he's setting the tone for the season. I feel as if for all the transfer speculation and all the rest of it and this, it was like this when he signed his new deal um, he's come back into the season and gone you should all do that <laughs> you know mm-hmm. all talking about that all summer like I'm here to win this league by the way you know uh, Europa League forget that I'm here to win the Premier League so um, I feel as if he's brought that to this this new he's brought it his entire Liverpool career but particularly to this new team he's set the sort of tone of we go out and we do this and as, as you say sort of not being dragged down to a team's level I'm, I felt as if he went out last night and was like I'm Mo Salah and I'm going to do this this and this I'm Everyone was talking about the goal, um, you know, in terms of, oh, he gets two more and it's 200. Um, I felt as if, obviously, Gomez is, is involved in the Diaz goal. I felt almost as if he was a bit like, I'll let you score first. <laughs> I'll set you up and then and then we can get me to get my goal. So I, I wonder if you want, do I really want to score me 200 against the ease? Like, I'm, I'm all right, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll get off. I was I'm like, you usually get, off, usually you know? his moans when he gets taken off. He looked half all right with it, like, I'll save that one. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll box us off three points of the weekend and we'll get that one. Thanks to John and Abby for that one. And yeah, brilliant. Mo Salah is just the absolute best in the world. He is absolutely fantastic. Right then, that is it for this week's Redmen Weekly. Like I say, go and get involved in redmenplus.com. Sign up as a legend. Like I say, even if you just do it for one month, you're effectively playing 9.99 to get yourself in the half of 25 prize draws, including a Lucas Lever signed captain's armband, a Dave Couch signed shirt, an Ibu Canate signed shirt, a programme signed by Jamie Carragher and tons, tons more Liverpool items. Some absolute belter stuff between now and Christmas Day. But yeah, thank you very much for listening to this one. Hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back with another Red Men Weekly next Friday. See you all then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.